0: Scott for Scots here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere in this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn, feed it. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family, here on Purple Mafia, episode number 49 of Purple Mafia Today. Today is November the 30th, 2009, the final day of November, and this is quite possibly the second last day of fall, as it's about to get a lot colder around these parts come Wednesday, and it looks like it's going to stay that way, oh goody. Well, here on Purple Mafia, of course, this show is available on the sports and on iTunes. Thank you always for downloading and listening to this wonderful show. Gonna try to shorten the intros a bit and just kind of get into the nitty gritty. Change of format. Gonna have, uh, I'm not gonna put my ads up anymore, at least for the time being. Not for probably a long time, maybe ever again. Uh, just gonna have short, really short breaks with a little bit of music that'll kind of cut in between the different topics just to kind of keep things slightly more organized you know than you know just to keep things organized like before um that's the deal we're going to talk about the vikings victory over the chicago bears of course today no surprise there uh we're also going to get into a preview of the arizona cardinals who are having a pretty good season considering they you know were the quote-unquote team that lost the super bowl as that's always kind of a, a factor in uh You know, usually teams that lose the Super Bowl tend to collapse, and teams that win the Super Bowl tend to stay good the following season. Well, they both stayed decent. We're going to get into that a little bit in that segment after the Vikings uh, talk. Also going to get into the L.A. story. We're going to get into that at the same time we talk about Arizona and such. So uh, really, right now, we're we're not going to go to break. We are not going to go to break. We're just going to get right into things right now. So that style is pretty much going to be eliminated. As Minnesota, of course, defeats Chicago thirty-six to ten. It was another easy game. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, forgive me for not being around the last three weeks. Of course, the first of the three weeks, that was a guarantee I wasn't going to do the show because there was no uh, there was no game. It was bye week. It was just you know take the week off, whatever. And of course, I had lots of work to do. I've been I worked seventy hours the past three weeks with the lawn cleanup. So that's what happened. Uh, the following week, lawn cleanups, and the following week after that, the lawn cleanups. So I apologize. I know one of you out there, one of my loyal listeners, mentioned that they please at least have a short review of the Seattle game. I, I just couldn't do it. I was no energy left. 73 hours. <laughs> that was just, I, I couldn't do it. Um, but here I am now. Unfortunately, <laughs> none of these last three games have been, really been all that interesting, to be honest with you, because they were too easy. And it's nice to, to be able to say that. Of course, the Vikings toyed around at Detroit a little too much, kind of tried to get cued a little too much, and eventually just said, okay, let's stop screwing around, let's just finish these guys off. The Seattle game, well, first quarter was kind of d- d- dorky, but then they kicked Seattle's butt. And basically yesterday was about the same thing, pretty much about the same thing, a team that probably should have been better this year than they, than they were. A lot of people thought the Seattle Seahawks were going to win their uh, division over there, the West Division. And they're not going to win it. They're not going to win it, the AFC West. It looks like Arizona is going to win that sucker, folks. Arizona is going to return to that title. I remember I picked the uh, San Francisco 49ers to win that division. No, they have totally collapsed. Uh, we'll get deeper into that when I get into Arizona. Sorry, a little sidetrack there. But, uh, yeah, Chicago is that other team. Now, when the Chicago Bears acquired Jay Cutler back last March, when I was ranting and raving about how the Vikings, well, not raving, just ranting and, and uh, fuming about how the Vikings offseason was just not getting anywhere. We couldn't even get T.J. Hushman zada We wound up with uh, <laughs> pretty much a whole lot of nothing when it came to the free agent market, for the most part. But then we draft Percy Harvin. He ends up being really better than a lot of people probably expected, you know. He's not Randy Moss, but he's he's pretty good. He's he's definitely been a huge factor. He's so he's so versatile. It's unbelievable. Uh, I thought the Chicago Bears were going to win the division, folks. When the when the when the when they got Jay Cutler, I figured, hey, they were right in it with us last year with uh, Kyle Orton. As they wisely put, Kyle Orton as the starter and got rid of Grossman finally, or at least took him out of the lineup. Got rid of him eventually altogether wisely. And then uh, they were right in it, you know, nine and seven. Didn't quite make the playoffs, but so just about did. And then you get Jay Cutler, who was like a, you know, having a really nice start to his career. And look at them—they're four and seven now, and were hammered yesterday by the Vikings. It was kind of like '98 when the Vikings took out the Bears at home. And folks, I love Minnesota, Chicago, and the Metrodome. I mean, there's something about that that takes me back about twenty, twenty-five years, fifteen to twenty to twenty-five years. It's, it's beautiful. So you can say what you want about the Metrodome, how it's not the greatest stadium ever. It's a better football stadium than it is a baseball stadium, and we won't have to worry about the baseball equation anymore. Um, but as I continue to kind of digress all over the place, but there's something about Minnesota, Chicago, and the Dome. It's it just, I don't know, it's really cool. And uh, the Vikings apparently seem to feel the same, just like when they played the Packers this year. They put on the uh, the 80s and early 90s jerseys. You could kind of argue those jerseys look about as they did in the 70s as well. A little, probably a little bit neater looking than in the 70s. They looked a little bit more kind of disorganized, I guess you could say, in the 70s. But, uh, you know, it was a really cool look. It was Minnesota-Chicago. Unfortunately, it wasn't quite as dramatic as last season's game. That was a dramatic game. Vikings took charge late down the stretch. You know, just like in 94, it was one of those deals. Unfortunately, we know what happened. The Bears came in and defeated the the Vikings, <laughs> in the playoffs a couple of weeks later, that sucked. But, uh, yeah, that we won't have to worry about that happening. The Vikings all but clinching a bye the way things are going right now in the first round. Um, so let's get on to the actual game as I just, you know, just kind of rambled pretty much about the Vikings and Bears here. First quarter was a lot like last week. The Vikings tried to get a little cute, kind of tried to go deep a little bit, tried to, you know, try to do a little more than they needed to. Couple of three and outs, couple of screw ups. Unfortunately, also really big in the first drive. The Vikings actually got to the 20-yard line, but Adrian Peterson fumbled again. Yes, Adrian Peterson fumbled again, and as he's walking over to the sidelines. Eric enemy kind of, you know, the running backs coach, former uh, running back, of course. A lot of people remember that name. It's how can you forget the name Eric enemy It's a pretty funny name, pretty cool name. Uh, he just had this look like, come on, man, you got to hang on to it thi- like this. And it's like, yeah, what the hell? I mean, Troy Aikman even went into a statement later in the game. I'll just get into it now. Troy Aikman, by the way, is a – I thought he was an overrated quarterback, but he was good, just overrated. But he is a phenomenal, just outstanding analyst. I love Troy Aikman as an analyst. And, of course, a lot of my overrated feeling about Aikman is, is generated from my my – Unbelievable disdain for the Dallas Cowboys. Hate them, but uh, yeah, the guy got into the comments saying that no organization would tolerate a running back fumbling this much. If I mean, it just it just shows how talented Adrian Peterson is. That a guy like that can still be what he is, even though he fumbles as much as he does. It's it just shows just how talented this guy is. Um, I tend to agree, even though you could argue Adrian Peterson's been a little quiet the last three to four weeks. Well, getting back to about the Packer game, he's been pretty quiet. Other than that big play when he broke loose in that game. That emotional Packer game. Yeah, it, it seems more like Favre is kind of the star right now, you could say. And you could argue that has to do with Adrian Peterson. But if he continues to fumble like that, whew, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get concerned. Because I remember getting ripped when I made a YouTube video bringing up, man, that was a pretty bad fumble. Uh, how dare I rip Adrian Peterson for fumbling a ball? Well... He's still doing it two years later, just as much, if not more. It's getting kind of frustrating, folks. It's getting kind of frustrating. He fumbled again later in the game. Luckily, that one ruled out of bounds because the Chicago Bear that touched it was out of bounds already. Smart play there, really smart. (laughs) But luckily, the second uh, quarter was very friendly to the Minnesota Vikings. Percy Harvin had his best receiving day, over 100 yards, his first over 100-yard game. And he was able to complete a wonderful drive, a great pass from Brett Favre, It was a, down the middle. That's what Percy Harvin is. He's becoming a really good slot receiver now, as well as a, as well as kind of like a third uh, reverse type of running back type of guy. He's just he's pretty good. Uh, 15-yard touchdown, putting the Vikings up seven to zero. Unfortunately, though, the Bears come marching down the field right away. The next possession, it's like what the hell, and that also was helped by a really nice return. By uh, Johnny Knox, not Devin Hester. Johnny Knox. It was a very nice return. That was a 44-yard one. Outstanding. And uh, well, actually, no. This, yeah, you know, this one was uh, Manning. Excuse me. This one, this particular one, was Manning. Got the Bears way downfield, and uh, Cutler was able to complete a pass to Johnny Knox for a touchdown. So I got those two mixed up a little bit. <laughs> Johnny Knox was able to receive the touchdown on this play. Knox was pretty big. I mean, both Knox and Manning had really nice games returning. One of them was a 44-yarder later on. That one was by Knox. The previous was Manning getting it all the way to the 77. Um, yeah, the Bears were able to tie the game up a mere two minutes later. And it's like, uh-oh, this this just might be a very one of those shootout type of games. No, it was a shootout for the Vikings, not the Bears. The Bears had scored three more points the rest of the game. Yep, as here comes the party. The Vikings start a party here. It's Brett Favre and the Vikings going on the field on the next drive. One completion after another. Chester Taylor absolutely uh, stepped up on this particular day. He's very good against the Bears. And remember how in the past it was like Adrian Peterson is a Bear killer. He had like a 200-plus, just way up there, yard games against the Bears, especially in his rookie year when Peterson really jumped on the scene. But Chester Taylor today was very big for the Vikings, making nice running plays. He's a really good third-down back. Uh, he was stopped on a couple of third-down plays, a third and nine, and such here and there. But this one, Chester Taylor was able to bring in. He had a uh, he was he only had four rushes and got thirty-three yards in the particular day. Uh, receiving though, Chester Taylor was able to bring in a ten-yard catch and run. He had six receptions for 51 yards, including that touchdown, the 10-yard one. He had a 16-yard reception on the day as well. Uh, talk about spreading the wealth. I mean, look at this. Brett Favre had almost 400 yards today, by the way. Harvin had 101 yards receiving, six receptions. Right, six receptions, 89 yards receiving. Bernard Berrien, yeah. Old stone fingers Bernard Berrien himself. Six receptions, 74 yards. And Berrien is looking looking pretty good now. Chemistry starting to improve. As him and Favre didn't really have the greatest chemistry ever coming in. Not sure what the deal was. Sometimes just players don't practice enough together because Berry and kept getting hurt, and of course Favre was late to training camp. Uh, Shenko Man, what a battle! <laughs> Shenko ended up bringing in a touchdown later on. Hurt himself catching the ball. That one was called back because of a, uh, a particular one where you thought it was a touchdown it was called back because of a holding call, if I remember correctly. Yes, a holding call. And uh, just laying on the ground because he hit his head pretty hard into the turf. But he ended up getting a touchdown anyway. Thank God. Yet another touchdown for Vasante Shanko. Farvin Shanko is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Beautiful thing to see. He's been a huge factor for the Vikings on the receiving end. Not leading the team in receiving, though, believe it or not. It's actually Sidney Rice who's been unbelievable this season. Unbelievable. Didn't catch a touchdown today, but overall, the guy's having just one hell of a year. Might even sneak into the Pro Bowl. Just might. Just might get to the very end of the Pro Bowl, might. Sidney Rice, a guy who I loved in his freshman year, wasn't, you know, unfortunately had an injured type of year last year, injury-prone type of season. But yeah, you get the idea. Vikings up fourteen to seven and it's like, all right, looks like we'll be okay. The Bears couldn't do squat, folks. They couldn't do squat and they actually fumbled on the on the next drive. They actually fumbled on the next drive. Vikings couldn't get anything though, but Ryan Longwell from fifty two yards out. Hey, they couldn't get anywhere, but still got a fifty two yard field goal out of it. Seventeen to seven. And it's just Ryan Longwell is the greatest. Absolute the greatest. And uh, the Bears, again, couldn't do jack squat. The Vikings, again, go all the way. This one was to Vasanti Shanko. That was when all that play took place. To put the Vikings up 24-7, and it was just kumbaya. Everything's going to be okay here. And it sure looked like it. It really did. Bears get the ball to open the half. Nice field position for the Bears, unfortunately. is that's kind of That was kind of the thing. The, the return game was fantastic for the Bears on this particular day. The Vikings' return game kind of took uh, kind of took the day off, actually, you could say. You could say the Vikings' special teams kind of, kind of sort of took the day off a little bit. Robbie Gold, one of the best kickers in the league with a 38-yarder on that drive. Not the most exciting drive, but really nobody on this planet was, was really worried at this point in time. And uh, fantasy owners that own Ryan Longwell, luckily I'm one of them. My team sucks, at least this was in that Maranatha League, not the TSS League. My team sucks, but Ryan Longwell has been pretty good for me. Likings have another kind of a slow stall drive, but able to get another field goal for my Longwell 37 yards out. And uh, things kind of start to get a little boring. Things get kind of stale. Far, though, was just as sharp as ever. Uh, The running game was up and down, down the stretch. But uh, you could just tell the interest level is starting to drop. At this point in the game, you figure, okay, it's time to take Brett Favre out. It's twenty-seven to ten. The Bears are not going to come back. There's no reason to believe they're going to come back, as every single time they do anything, if if you know, it's either through, uh, excuse me, three and out, or they get one little teeny first down, and then the next series is a three and out. Uh, why are they taking Favre out? They leave him in. They leave him in, and going into the fourth quarter, huh, it's like, okay, can't you just take him out? What's the point? So far, drives the Vikings again. They can't get in the end zone. Boy, were they close. So they could not get it done. Long with a chip shot field goal. Unfortunately, the calls were not going the Vikings way at that point in time. They really went the Vikings way earlier in the game, though. I mean, the Bears, you could argue they got screwed a little teeny tiny bit. Um, a little teeny bit. There was a couple of plays where I thought the Bears got screwed. But it wouldn't have. It really wouldn't have saved them, to be honest. I mean, they just weren't. They just didn't really show up to play. They really didn't. Um, but yeah, that particular series, Favre was sharp as ever. Even though it's like, just take him out of the game. I mean, why is he attempting like forty-seven passes against the Bears? What's the point? What's the point? That was one complaint I have. Uh, you don't need to overuse Favre. You just don't. It's not worth it against the Bears, especially when the score is like this. Just run the ball and run the clock out. Um, there it was. Th- chip shot, basically an extra point, 30 to 10. And they finally do take Favre out. And it's like, thank you. give Just get him out of there. There's no point leaving him in. You know, there's no point. Tavares Jackson was fairly sharp, actually, as there's talk about how he's really learning from uh, Brett Favre. In fact, actually, Tavares Jackson, all he did pretty much is hand the ball off. In this game, didn't really do anything but hand the ball off. Peterson was still in the game, which was even weirder to me. I mean, why leave, why overuse your running back? What's the point? Actually, yeah, that is all Jackson did was hand the ball off. I forgot about that part. (laughs) Crazy stuff. Peterson, though, was able to get his 12th touchdown of the year and finally get over a thousand yards. He was stuck at 999. You gotta love that. Able to get into the end zone. Stuck at 999 before the game, of course, 85 yards, and he did get that touchdown. Um, not sure what the Vikings were doing at the end of there <laughs> on the kick on the little uh, extra point. Pretty much a botched snap. It was kind of like, okay, that's great. Who cares? I mean, at least it wasn't a missed extra point, right? It was just a botched snap. And that was pretty much the end of that. That was the end of that. And the Vikings end up running the clock out as the Bears don't do squat yet again, and that was it. Thirty-six to ten. Not the most exciting game ever. In fact, I almost dozed off in that pretty much the whole second half. I mean, it was like yawn. You know, this the Bears aren't doing anything, and that's not overused. of for forty-eight attempts. He did complete thirty-two of them though, and that's the amazing part. The guy's quarterback rating is about hundred twenty s- since he turned forty, which is unbelievable. That's got to be a record, folks. That's got to be a record. He had a 112 quarterback rating for the day. Was only sacked once. Only sacked once. I mean, the offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings has improved so much. I can't even believe it. I mean, Favre was getting murdered the first two to four games of the season. Was just absolutely getting murdered. Now you 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 don't you know you're not hearing me complain about that at all anymore. Not even a little. The running game is not quite as good as it was early on, but hey. If you're protecting Far of the you know, we're gonna we're gonna be going places, folks. We're gonna be going places. I mean <laughs> we're gonna be getting a first round by the way things are looking. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt of that. And then the eventual goal, well you everybody in everybody listening right now knows what that is. And how about this? Nafahu Tahi had an eight yard reception. I remember watching that. <laughs> it was for a first down too, which is great. I mean Nafahu Tahi actually caught and ran for a first down. How about that? Eight yard reception. For Nafahu congratulations! <laughs> it's about every time Nafahu catches the ball, it's about a it's about a two or three yard uh, catch and no gain after the catch. He actually gained a few yards after that. That was terrific. So it's about time Nafahu Tahiti was able to do that. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention that. I mean, I had to had to note that. Had to note that. No doubt about it. As for the sacks, Jared Allen adds two more. Two more. He's now at twelve and a half for the year. Ray Edwards adds yet another one, and Patrick Williams was unbelievable. I keep calling him that, but really, Pat Williams. He was unbelievable on the day. Jared Allen even got an interception, as did Cedric Griffin, who, by the way, caught an interception in the end zone. The Bears were driving, but, hey, too bad. They screwed it up. Interception. Cedric Griffin with a very nice catch, by the way. That was like he was like the wide receiver catching a touchdown. <laughs> that was a good play by, by old Cedric Ayoal hey, Cedric, he is really becoming a, a really nice uh, cornerback for this team. After struggling last year in his second season, the guy is really starting to emerge nicely. Jared Allen is—he's got to be—he's—he's he, got to be a borderline MVP candidate right now. Um, Adrian Peterson, every year so far of his career, has been an MVP candidate, but uh, there's the talk is really starting to emerge that Brett Favre could be the MVP this season. It might be between Favre, Breeze, and uh, Peyton Manning. It's going to be real interesting to see who gets that award. And uh, don't be surprised if it's Brett Favre getting his third MVP. Ooh, yeah. I I hope it happens. It'd be a beautiful thing. So that pretty much concludes the game review. I mean, it, it wasn't that interesting of a game. Uh, <laughs> but it was, but at, at least it had that old Minnesota-Chicago feel. It just... In the sense, at least it looked like it, I guess. You know, the Bears have never changed their jerseys. The Vikings went back to their classic. I mean, the Bears used to have different jerseys back like, oh, like 50 years ago. Uh, The Vikings, though, going back to those 80s and 90s, early 90s, early, early 90s jerseys, really cool thing to see. Um, Brought back a lot of memories. Not always good, but, hey, good good enough, I guess. I mean, the Bears were like the, the dynasty of the 80s. In terms of our division, so it's just cool to see that. So now we're going to take our first break, or really our only break, to be honest with you, and uh, we're going to get into a little preview with the Arizona Cardinals. Actually, we're going to talk about the LA Viking, <laughs> the LA Viking possibility first, and then the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll switch that around, and uh, we'll get into that right after this. <music> And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 49, which is a reminder for iPod, Microsoft Zune, and other MP3 users. Thank you always for joining, and here we go. Well, the Arizona Cardinals, folks. The Arizona Cardinals are 7-4. and four, And uh, you know who they lost to yesterday? Yeah, they did lose the game. And unfortunately for the Arizona Cardinals... Kurt Warner was not the starting quarterback for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. It was Matt Leinart. Did have 220 yards, completed 21 of 31 passes. So the accuracy was there. Uh, He was only sacked once, by the way. So he's got that going for him. But no touchdowns. No interceptions, but no touchdowns as well. So a little frustrating there for the Arizona Cardinals. As the Tennessee Titans win their fifth, game in a row and that pass defense of the tennessee titans really waking up and vince young very efficient quarterback rating of about 100 against the arizona cardinals 387 yards by vince young against the arizona cardinals now vince young has been much maligned and uh he's looking like he's starting to emerge here nicely as uh The ancient Kerry Collins, you just knew that wasn't going to last forever. Uh, had a great season last year, but the Titans, like I predicted, hit a wall and lost right away in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you gotta at least figure out what you're going to do with Vince Young at some point in time, and the Titans get him in there. And look at this: five and six. Tennessee Titans still have an outside chance of sneaking into the postseason this year, actually. As uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are six and five, Baltimore Ravens are six and five, Jaguars surprisingly, are 6-5. and five. They've gotten better, too. But, uh yeah, definitely a possibility the Tennessee Titans might be making a comeback and sneaking in for that 6th and final seed or so, or 5th seed even. Get the wild card out there. How about that? How about the Tennessee Titans? But, really, the thing of note here that really matters for the Vikings next week, well, what did DeVaris Jackson do last year? Now, I know it was, it was in Arizona. It wasn't here. It was in Arizona, and and it's going to be in Arizona again, right? So it's like, some people might be like, "Uh uh-oh, it's a road game. You never know, right? Well, what did DeVaris Jackson do against the Arizona Cardinals last year? He threw for four touchdowns, 300 yards and four touchdowns. Looked like Randall Cunningham in 98. What did Vince Young do against the Arizona Cardinals? Well, he didn't throw for four touchdowns. He only threw for one, but he did get zero interceptions, and he threw for almost four touchdowns. Hundred yards, and his completion percentage about 63. Vince Young, not necessarily known for his accuracy early on in his career, and uh, folks, the pass defense in Arizona ain't good. It ain't good. It, <laughs> it's not good, and uh, that spells doom and gloom for the Arizona Cardinals. Also, you might want to note Chris Johnson pull out. I mean, had a 154 yards and only 18 rushes. Now that, of course, bloated by an 85-yard explosion for a touchdown by Chris Johnson. He didn't fumble either, Adrian Peterson. Oh, excuse sorry, I, I had to throw that in. <laughs> sorry, I had to. Um, the running game looked good for Tennessee against uh, Arizona, and the passing game looked pretty good as well. Now, Chris Johnson, you expect him to be a stud because he is unbelievable, but Vince Young to throw for almost 400 yards against the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Vikings are... Uh, I think the Vikings are going to have a a fun day, uh, a fun day next Sunday. Now, that's going to be a night game now, instead of a day game. It'll be another night game, which sucks for me, to be honest with you. So, might be doing this podcast on Monday again, not on, uh, Sunday, because, you know, I can't stay up too late. Gotta get the show done. Or, I mean, you know, I gotta get to bed, so, different schedule. Uh, but yeah, if if that's the best defense the Arizona Cardinals can, can, uh, Offer, well, I'm not really too scared going into this game. Even though they have a good record and a good team yet again, just like last season, they didn't lose anybody. They didn't even lose Anquan Bolden, believe it or not. Tim Hightower is developing into a pretty good running back. Only 11 rushes, did the match, 55 yards, and it was solid all the way. Averaged five yards and a touchdown. That's the one guy, you know, if, uh, say, if... Kurt Warner is, again, not able to play. And basically, you just got to focus on Tim Hightower. Luckily, that's our strength. Kurt Warner does play well. I'm sure Warner will play a little bit harder than he did last year as the Cardinals pretty much didn't show up at all for that game. But uh, their defense is what it is. It cost them the Super Bowl last year. The Cardinals should have won that game last year. Yes, I just said it. The Cardinals should have won that game. Their defense let them down, and uh, that will be their downfall against the Vikings next Sunday, in my opinion. Vikings should just pass, pass, pass all they want. Um, you can run the ball too, obviously. Look at Chris Johnson. Didn't really take much for him to just explode in this particular day. Uh, Tennessee, the score was close though. <laughs> the score was close. So that's one thing to worry about. Arizona did get into field goal range fairly often, and that's kind of why they are able to stay alive. But uh, but what really really matters is Tennessee was able to pull it out 20th win in a row or 20th 20 points 20 to 17 Five, fifth win and one of the touchdowns for the Arizona Cardinals was a was a 99-yard kick return it wasn't the offense it was just a kick return and of course the Tim Hightower run that was a good drive for the Arizona Cardinals so they they still have a good offense but their defense is so bad and Brett Favre is better than Kurt Warner. I, you know, I'd have to say right now, despite how good Kurt Warner was last year and how good he still is, Brett Favre is better than Kurt Warner. He just is. And uh, our defense is better than Arizona's. I don't really see any reason why the Vikings shouldn't be eleven and one. Eleven and one. And then the schedule gets a little bit tighter yet again as the Vikings have three road games in December. A home game against Cincinnati, Cincinnati. In the third week of December, as that is when things get pretty interesting when that comes around. It's going to be very interesting. Vikings go to Carolina, another night game. Well, actually, no, excuse me, Cincinnati is the second week of December. Then we go to Carolina, and then at Chicago. I think the Vikings' odds, though, of having a very strong finish season are looking pretty good here. Vikings have been pretty good against Carolina. At least they were last year. They were good enough. Carolina's only 4-7. and seven. That team is just not what they should be. Lindell White. No, that's on. <laughs> Excuse me. They're, they're running. Good. Carolina's running game is good. I'm getting Tennessee mixed up here. Surprise. Lindell White has pretty much died, but Carolina's running game is always going to be good. Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. That's a pretty damn good running game. That's probably the biggest fear there, but Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. The Arizona game, though, I think the Vikings win that, and that's what matters at this point in time. So now, oh boy, one final one final thing of note here before I get into the contact information and call it a day. Well, this is, of course, an article from the Star Tribune. M- Mark Craig talks about the Vikings a lot. Very good columnist from the Star Tribune, but uh, just, you know, obviously using the column, but... Yeah, get, you to get used to stadium stories from L.A. Yeah, as uh, Ziggy Wilf, Zygmunt, Ziggy Wilf is starting to get pretty frustrated right now how the uh, he's pretty much given up on the whole Blaine idea now. He's pretty much said, screw it. And uh, every blueprint you see of the, uh, the stadium <laughs> in Los Angeles, the seats are purple. That's not good. That's not the L.A. Lakers, folks. Those aren't for the L.A. Lakers. That's in the Staples Center. Even though the Clippers play there, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Clippers and Lakers. But uh, yeah, when you have purple stadium or purple seats in that stadium, that's a little bit, it's a little bit worrisome. And I wish they'd stop, stop doing that. They should change them to something else, or just make them gray or something. You know, some default color. Maybe the Raiders can go back there since they suck so bad, and get a new owner too. But uh, this is getting very interesting. Getting very interesting indeed. Is it's it's not going away, um, and it just it just sucks to hear stuff like this when the Vikings are doing so well. Yet we got to see a big article splashed on the front of the Star Tribune about Los Angeles Vikings and LA. It's always a possibility. It's not going away. It's like uh you know, it's just just all we need is have our our owner and his people talking about the possible things of possibility of Los Angeles always out there. I know it's a scare tactic. That's the number one thing, but you never know. And Los Angeles, folks, is a bigger market than Minneapolis. Last time I checked, um, I personally don't think the Vikings are going to move, and L.A. did not really treat the NFL very well, and that's why they haven't had a team since 1994. Uh, the Raiders moved back to Oakland, and the... Rams moved to St. Louis to replace the uh, former St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis football Cardinals, by the way. Um, but at the same time, you just never know. You just never know. Interest is rising in Los Angeles. Maybe it's the fact that the Vikings are 9-1, as I'm getting a little message here. The Vikings are one of the prime candidates to relocate. Given a stadium situation that worsened last week when the Metropolitan Sports Facilities Commission voted... To basically penalize the Vikings four a million a year if they refuse to sign a lease, that's that's coming up now as they, ref- you know, as the Vikings Metrodome lease is up, folks. It's going to be up pretty soon, and uh, it's it's very frustrating. It's very very frustrating. The folks in industry haven't started construction, as this is the industry, the industry or whatever. Excuse me, that's the name of it, the town. They just got clearance from the state government, and before they can start building, they need a a team to commit to moving there. Oh, could you imagine having a lame duck team for three years? Or four years, however long it takes? Oh, boy. In February, they'll begin contacting the select few teams with crappy stadium situations. (laughs) Imagine the Vikings winning the Super Bowl in the first week of February and sitting down with the Los Angeles Stadium reps a week later. Hey, it could happen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and, and sure it could. Sure it could. And uh it's a sexy idea for the for the NFL in in general, but at the same time, Los Angeles and the Los Angeles fan base really is not as, as big of a football as they are for with with basketball pretty much at this point in time. But still, it is LA and there's a lot more people there than there are in Minneapolis. And uh hmm. This thing isn't going away, and that's pretty damn frustrating, to be honest with you. So i <laughs> that's about where things stand at this point in time. Watch out. That's all I'm going to say. Proceed with caution at this point in time. We've already lost a very storied franchise to Los Angeles. That would be the Minneapolis Lakers. Mm-hmm. Last thing we need is to lose the most storied franchise we have in Minnesota currently. Yet another one. And another team that will... The Minneapolis Lakers, when they became Los, became Los Angeles, became purple and gold. Just imagine another purple and gold team that originated in Minneapolis or Bloomington, whatever, going to L.A. Last thing we need. Last thing we need. All we know is Brett Favre probably won't be in L.A. It's just that won't happen. He'll be here and retire here. That's at least the good part. <laughs> and that's about the only good thing that you can get come out of any talks about L.A. So... It's not going away, folks. Just proceed with caution. So now we're going to get into the contact information here. There is a phone line for Purple Mafia and, of course, the sportsstuff.com. It's 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail treated as such. Mention you are calling in for Purple Mafia. State your shout-out, comment, question, whatever it is. Leave your name and town and you will be played on air. Keep it to about a minute if possible. That would be great, and you will be on here. Uh, also on the thesportstuff.com, do sign up for the message boards. It's a lot of fun, a great way to keep up with uh, other other shows, including mine, of course, the podcast section. You can t- chat in the NFL section, meet a lot of cool people. Chat in the uh, NBA section, whatever else you want. NBA, Major League Baseball, politics, video games, et cetera, et cetera. I- anything you want, basically. Join those message boards. Of course, it is 100% free and 100% fun. And if you'd like, mention Paladino Live as a referral. Two separate words: Paladino Live. That would be terrific as well. Doesn't make me money. It just, uh, you know, mentions me as a referral. That's all that really matters there. That so I care about the website and want you on there. We need more and more Minnesota Viking fans on there. Is there are a lot of uh, fans for other teams on there that I don't need to mention? Well, Kansas City Chiefs would be a big one. <laughs> So uh could use some more Viking fans down there. Would deeply appreciate it if you would join. And, uh, yeah, you can meet me on there. I'm Paladino Live. So there you go. That pretty much concludes things here today. Vikings look good. Should be 11-1 next week. Should be 11-1. That doesn't necessarily mean they will. Knock on wood. But uh, there we go. Go Vikings. And, uh, again, like I closed with on the last show, I don't ever want this to end. And I sure as hell don't want it to end in L.A. either. (laughs) I don't want this to end. Just keep it going. Keep Brett Favre playing at this rate. It is unbelievable. So we'll talk to you next week as there will be a show. Don't worry about it. Again, sorry for the layoff. There is nothing I can do, folks. Nothing. So unless you wanted me to kind of be sleeping on the microphone. So until next week, we will have to watch this L.A. crap just in case any more stories come up. Talk to you later.